0: Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers. And if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. Howdy from Northeast Ohio on this strangely and oddly warm-ish January day. Uh, I'm very surprised uh, at what what I'm seeing outside here. Uh, if you guys were in this area, or you know, in the in the vague vicinity of the Rust Belt this past weekend, you know that it was fairly frigid out in most places. We got snow, we got lake effect snow here uh, in Cleveland. Uh, it was it was in the twenties. It was cold, uh, and yet here we are, and it's in the mid forties, almost up a- into the fifties. So who who the hell knows what's happening with that? Uh, I'm sure by the end of the week we'll all be sick with the flu. But you know, say la vie. That's what it is here in the Rust Belt. Uh, but hopefully y'all had a great weekend. I know I, I was out exploring this weekend. I had a great weekend as far as that's concerned. Uh, a couple gents, a couple good friends from Buffalo came on down for some Cleveland Explorers. Uh, and then on Sunday, uh, Wasteland Explorer was down here as well, and we just had a blast. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, lots of crazy things happened, which, uh, of course we're going to save for another story down the line. Um... I kind of want to let that marinate for a little bit because it just, you know, uh, I had something else planned for today, but there, there, you know, every every explore that I ever do, there's some kind of crazy story that comes along that's worth telling, and and this this weekend was no different. We had some crazy stuff go down, some weird people to talk about that showed up on site. Um, as always, you know, things things went down, so we'll get to that in another episode, but uh, today uh, it's going to be kind of a different situation. I've got a kind of a different story to tell you guys. Um, Just something a little bit different. A little bit of a a different flavor, if you will, coming your way. Uh, I did want to make mention real quick before we jump into things... Um, I've been talking about uh, the possibility of setting up a site to purchase prints of mine. Uh, any any prints, you know, that 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 you're interested in. Uh, I I'm pulling the trigger on that, and I am setting up a site as we speak uh, for people to purchase prints. A lot of people have contacted me asking me, you know, is this print available? Can I buy this print? Can I buy that print? Soon we'll we'll have a store up where you guys can buy prints uh, if you're so interested, and that would be awesome because that would help me continue my adventures and and uh, and 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 bring more more things to you, uh, through the Facebook page and, 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 uh, Instagram and, you know, all of those good things, Twitter. Um, the more adventures I'm able to have, the more I can bring to you guys as far as stories and, uh, you know, photos of locations. So, uh, I'll be setting that up soon and I will be letting you guys know, uh, not just here, but also on the Facebook page and and wherever else I'm at. So that is coming. Uh, I'm kind of excited about that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not expecting to make millions of dollars off of it, but it's kind of cool. I have a lot of people asking me for prints. So, um, you know, if you're out there and you have any advice and you do the same thing, you know, by all means, let me know. Uh, If you have a specific uh, page that you use that you think is better than the rest, I would love to hear from you. You know, drop me a message. That'd be awesome. Um, anyway, uh, today today's story is going to be uh, focusing on something that we usually don't focus on. Uh, usually I focus on a building or, or uh, you know, a building complex, abandoned structures of some kind uh, that we go out and explore. Uh, in this round, we're going to take a look at something that's fascinating to me, uh, which is old railroad structures, uh, old bridges, old tunnels, stuff like that. Uh, we're going to be headed to western Pennsylvania uh, to uh, talk about some of the crazy stuff we've seen out in that area that have to do with the old railroads. Um, I, I, I need to get back out there. Western Pennsylvania is fascinating. There's so much cool stuff out there to see uh, if you go out off the highways and go looking. Um, but uh, the story's going to take place uh, back in... Uh, if I remember correctly, it was November of 2019. So it was it was just getting cold. Uh, it was rainy. It was kind of the sleet had started to hit. We left on a day that was absolutely miserable on this trip. This this trip out to Western PA. Uh, it was sleeting out. It was raining out. It was a day where you know, had we not made these plans with the person we were going with, I might have just said screw it and we would have held off on it. But you know, once we were committed, we we just we we, we went and uh, we we dressed for the weather. Um, and this was at a time when I did not have my camera that I have now. I had a, a little point and click, my my crappy old Panasonic uh, that I carried around. Uh, got a lot of mileage out of that camera uh, until I got a a real camera. Um, but uh, that's all I had. I wish I wish I would have had you know something better to shoot these places with. But um, you know maybe we'll go back. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, we uh, we took a willy-nilly tour. Of old abandoned steel train trestles, you know, some collapsing abandoned train tunnels, and a lot of cool hidden forbidden gems back behind the scenes, you know, from from a long time ago. We're talking maybe even past a hundred years ago. Some old, old stuff from even before the turn of the century. So it was kind of a fun trip. Uh, and I'm going to relay the story to you guys today, tell you guys what we saw, um, some different things happened along the way. But uh, we started off that journey from Cleveland on that rainy, cold day, uh, heading east on Route 322, which, if you're not familiar, is uh, one of the main. used to be one of the main routes in and out of Cleveland. You know, connecting different cities. You know, way back in the day, it was the old two-lane road, state route. Um, you know, it was dark as hell out that morning. It was raining. It was just, it was miserable. It wasn't it wasn't you know it was just one of those late fall, early winter days. Uh, on the way out, it was kind of a good omen. Right On the way out of Ohio, right before we hit the border, we happened upon, as the sun was coming up, we happened upon what appeared to be an abandoned horse farm, an old an old barn, uh, I, what I think was a milking facility. I don't even know. I, I've never been inside of a milking facility, but it looked like it might have been of that nature. Uh, you know, the farm was long gone, but this building had been attached to the farm. Uh, the house was even gone. The, the, the farmhouse along the road was torn down. This, this building was still there, though. Um, so of course we had to stop. We had to stop and check it out, uh, you know. And when you're walking into this place, you could you could still smell the hay. You could still smell animal, even though this place had been abandoned clearly for many years. It's weird how the smell sticks around even after everybody's long gone. Um, you could tell it had been abandoned for a long time. I mean, the walls were collapsing. Whatever whatever machinery had been left behind was was like advanced rusting state. All right, it was it was completely, you know, not. Uh it wasn't like they left two years ago and this is this is this was from like at least a decade or so. Alright, but we checked that out and I'm always leery and I don't know how you guys are on this, but I'm always leery about hitting rural spots. People in rural areas are terrifying, and if you're listening to this right now and you're from a rural area, uh, just hear me out here, all right? Uh, And of course, this this isn't you know to say bad necessarily, but people in rural areas are terrifying because they are very, very clannish. They look out for everybody else's stuff, even if it's not theirs. They will come. They won't call the cops. They will come themselves with guns, and they will they will shoot first, ask questions later. Uh, It can be terrifying. Uh, it's not like being in the hood, being in the inner city. Usually if you leave people alone and you're not on their property, they could care less what you're doing across the street. Uh, it's not like that in rural areas. You gotta be careful. Um, but luckily there was nobody around. This was an abandoned stretch of, of, of farm. Uh, nobody was there. You're there for maybe a half hour checking things out, but you know, it was a great way to start the day. It was a good omen for what was to come. All right. So, uh, you know, we crossed over into PA right around Lake Pimatuning to the north, um, you know, all the cottages and campsites were closed up for the year. You know, cruising through there was kind of weird at that time of the year. There's, everything's just dead uh, into the town of Jamestown, Jamestown, PA. Uh, Jamestown was littered with old train trestles from from rail lines that do not exist anymore. Uh, if you look on the maps, you look down on Jamestown, you'll see like the, 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 the worn paths of where the old rail beds were. You can see where they all came together. I don't know if there were industries there that they powered or if it was for mines or I have no idea. But uh, all of them are gone now. They're all pulled up. Uh, we parked in, in town and, uh, we wandered down an old, this old worn trail. You could tell like, you know, kids were coming back there. Uh, they'd worn that the kids build their own trails in, into locations to get away from their parents, of course. And, uh, some of these old bridges back there were, uh, you know, were probably where they were hanging out. Uh, the path led us to one of those giant old lines that it used to be there. Right, The rail bed was still there. The, the old uh, stones and clinkers were still laying down, but the, 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 the ties were gone. They'd been pulled up. Uh, so we followed this old rail line about a half mile down, and uh, you know, about a half mile down we find this beautiful, rusting, majestic old truss rail bridge crossing the Shenango River. Right as it's heading towards Lake Pima Tuning, this beautiful old bridge, right? You know, for one track, it just went over the river. It wasn't very high up. We're talking maybe I don't know 12, 12 feet up off the river. Just this beautiful old bridge, and uh, you know, I would love to go back and shoot this thing. And was, there were still leaves on the trees, so you had some color. It was just, it was amazing, and uh, not a bad way to start the day off as far as a bridge was concerned. And it was an Id- idyllic spot. You could tell that even though it was like, you know, cruising into wintertime. You could tell that this was a place where kids hung out either to just sit and hang out and chill and reflect on life or to party, you know, depending on what was going on. Uh, there was a worn rope that was uh, hanging out over the river uh, off of a tree where you could, you know, kind of swing on into the river and swim in the summertime. It was just a perfect place. You could tell this was a place that the kids like to hang out in the summer, uh, you know, innocent stuff, swimming, you know, having a couple brews that you're not supposed to have, you know, whatever the case, you know, the, the typical small town stuff that kids would do. Because there's nothing else to do in Jamestown without a car. All right. Uh, I could have spent hours just soaking up this area where this bridge was at. Um, I know I've got to go back. I've got to go back, hopefully, in the, in the autumn time when when the leaves are changing, and, and grab this bridge because it was amazing. All right. Um, now, we poked around town for a little bit longer. We checked out some of the other smaller trestles. There were a couple smaller ones. Nothing as awesome as this bridge was. And they're all rusting, uh, but not quite as interesting as the main target. So uh, after that we moved on. We headed out and we continued on deeper into Western Pennsylvania, looking for some other bridges. Um, we uh, along the way, and, and this sometimes happens. You guys know this when you're out traveling. Sometimes when you're looking for something else, you stumble upon something you didn't expect. And in the town of Polk, Pennsylvania, we did exactly that. Uh, we we pulled into town to grab something to eat because it had already been like it was already like eleven or twelve o'clock by the time we pulled into town and. Uh, we ate at this amazing burger joint, but I can't remember the name of it. I don't think it's even there anymore. It was this little mom and pop, you know, side of the road burger stand. You could go in and, and, and sit down a couple, couple booths there and eat. And the burgers were just freaking fantastic, but I can't remember the name of it. to save my life. Uh, if you're from Polk and you remember uh, the little mom and pop joint on the, on the main drag there, I would love to remember the name of it. So, you know, message me let me know uh, but anyway and we're sitting down we look we look over the hills and, and and if you've been in western pa you know it's not the same as as the rest of the midwest you know where we're at where it's flat uh the, the rolling hills you know just beautiful rolling hills on the rolling hills out in the distance we saw this massive complex of just old old buildings and uh doing a quick look up we we discovered this was the the brooding medical compound you know the form of polk center psychiatric uh, the Polk center psychiatric center uh this old huge pile of a of a of a of a complex you know a medical complex and it, we didn't we didn't you know we didn't know if it was abandoned or not so after we ate we we drove over found out that that some of it's still active but but half of the complex is 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 boarded up it's sealed up they're not using it so naturally we spent at least an hour wandering around the outsides uh just taking pictures and the place was beautiful um just beautiful Uh, we kept our distance from most of the buildings because there there was security hanging around and and, you know it was it was still in operation we did we didn't see any openings to go in i'm sure we probably you know in, in, in the here and now maybe we could have found something and gotten ourselves in but uh at the time it was more like yeah let's just keep our distance um you could tell that a lot of these old buildings you could see signs of the elements getting inside right um, you know windows were broken and you know some of the walls were just kind of you could tell it, they were starting to fall apart you could tell that inside they were probably probably pretty pretty rotted out and and, and getting you know just natural decay you know uh, the rest of the complex was still being used they still housed patients you know mental conditions situations like that so and this place was massive um, this was my first real psychiatric hospital. I mean, most of the psychiatric hospitals in Ohio are, are, well, they're not, they're not in Northeast Ohio. I can tell you that much, Yeah, you, know, you know, Molly Stark is about as close as you get. And that's in Canton. And that's not even, that's very small compared to this place. This place was huge. Uh, and we spent a good hour, um, and for the love of the gods, I wish I would have had a better camera at the time. The structures were just these beautiful, uh, and they went back to the era, you know, when architecture counted for something, right? It wasn't just some util- utilitarian, enormous, you know, uh, just horrible institutional buildings. These were, these were built with style, right? Um, you know, it was a campus of red brick buildings with these big, fat, rounded turrets and arched windows, um... You know, the main administration building it was like a, almost like a courthouse, like a rural county seat right with these with these classical elements you had the columns and these huge porches uh just a, just amazing these rounded you know conical roofed uh corner towers and sloping roofs and turrets and it looked it looked like it was like borderline hogwarts in some cases i mean it looked like hogwarts with a touch of new England i mean it was amazing um you know, there were these large, almost like home-like structures behind the administration building. It, it felt like a college campus. That's what it felt like. Uh, it, it felt like a college campus that had been a, a deserted for the holidays. You know, you knew people were living in some of these buildings, but it was dead quiet. Like there were, there was nobody walking around. We we just maybe saw one security truck the whole time we were there. Kind of, nobody stopped us. Nobody bothered to ask us what we were doing there. Um, so as long as we weren't in the buildings, I guess they didn't care. Um, but, uh, it was just, it was just, it was an amazing place. I, I, I kind of want to go back. I'm hoping that I can still go back and maybe walk around and, and shoot this place. Cause the, just the buildings alone, the outsides of the buildings were worth the stop, you know, uh, some history on the place. Uh, apparently it goes back to 1893, uh, Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth, right? Commissioned a, a huge residential home for the quote unquote feeble minded. All right. Um, you know, this was back in the time when 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 mental health was not as well understood uh, as it is now. Um, you know, as time went on, they 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 basically purchased 773 acres in the area. Uh, uh, this old guy named uh, Thomas McKissick, all right, his farm. They bought his farm and they built this this on the property. They built this huge facility. Um, it was uh, basically it was in the first the first the first hospital buildings were occupied in 1897. All right. Um, and at one point, they housed over thirteen thousand uh disabled people of different of different flavors all right um it was completely self sufficient they had their own spring fed water source they had power generation plant they had hospital sewage plant greenhouse laundry you know garages farms all of that stuff it was all they fed themselves it was a, a self sustaining community which is kind of cool uh, and you were able to see a lot of these things as we wandered around we saw the greenhouse um which was empty and just kind of sitting there. I don't think they were even growing anything in it. Um you know, residents were trained in different skills, they had education going on there. They had, you know, they taught you like uh, you know, back in those days they taught you skills you could use when you got out like shoe cobbling, right? You know, putting together shoes, sewing, that kind of stuff. Um by 1953, the the campus had 102 buildings, all right? Um and you know, over 3500 residents, staff of almost 2000. Uh so it was, you know, it was It was a big, big place. Um, Of course, as time went on, you know, things started to kind of wind down there. And in the 80s, of course, when things started shutting down uh, mental health-wise, they lost a lot of of the residents there that they normally would have had. So things started to decline uh, in the 80s. Um, It's nowhere near as occupied as it once was, which is hence all the abandoned buildings there. Um, I had to wonder if there was any way to get inside to photograph what was inside these closed-up buildings. Um, We didn't have any time to look into it. Uh, We didn't find any staff to ask. I would love to contact somebody there and just find out, you know, at Polk, is there a way to document some of these places, you know, share the photos with you guys. You can use them however you want for historical purposes or whatever. But uh, it wasn't the usual abandoned psychiatric hospital where it's, like, you know, miles away from anywhere and, 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 you know, completely rotting and where you could stealthily sneak in on the sly and spend hours. You couldn't do that here because it was, you know, borderline operational. So, um, had to settle for some outside shots, and, and that was all we got. But uh, it was gorgeous. I, 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 If you're ever in the Polk area, all right, stop by there and check it out. It's really cool. Uh, so, we we began moving on from there after we'd gotten our food and checked out the old psych hospital, uh, and we headed for the small town of Clarion, PA, um, a town where an old abandoned train line offered a pretty cool and unique uh, chance for exploration. Uh, winding our way up this mountainous, uh, rugged area, we're talking like two-lane roads through the mountains here. Uh, very sort of treacherous. Well, luckily, our, our our host had a four-wheel drive. Uh, we, were, we were cruising around in that, but it was it was there were some steep, winding, uh, rugged areas to drive through. Uh, you know, barely paved in some cases. Uh, but we made our way up to uh, in and around the Clarion River Valley. We came to a path at the side of the road, you pull over, and you could tell at one point there had been a bridge over this valley where this road went through. The bridge had been removed, but there was a path up the side of the abutment, all right, where the bridge used to go over, and you could take the path up. So we walked up the path, and sure enough, uh, on the top used to be where this, this rail line used to go, the single rail uh, line used to go through, and... Uh, You walk just a little bit down in into the woods, and sure enough, about maybe a quarter mile in, you see this massive hole in the side of the hill. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. It looks like a giant maw, like the maw of like think of like something out of The Hobbit, like where Gollum would have lived. Look at this big old hole. the the tunnel that used to be there, the tunnel face. Uh, if you've ever seen a tunnel, an old rail tunnel from back in the day, it's always like this: this brick and concrete face, right with the the tunnel, uh, the mouth of the tunnel usually has the name of the tunnel above it in the concrete. Um, that part had all collapsed forward. It didn't it didn't block the tunnel, but the tunnel face came down, so all you saw was this giant hole, and then inside was the rest of the tunnel, and everything in front of it was the rubble from the the face of the tunnel. Um, And you had to climb over that. (laughs) So, you know, we of course looked in, and uh, it was very wet still that day. It was still raining, Uh, so it was kind of a treacherous climb. Um, But once you get into the tunnel, you see where the face had collapsed, and you could still see the old timbers from the archway of the tunnel. When they first built the tunnel, they had, you know, arched timbers like with creosote soaked in creosote, right? That had been had put up into an archway, and then they put the brick. Over that, uh, and that had all been revealed when the when the when the tunnel face came down. So that was really cool. Um, just this amazing like latticework of old timbers, and you're thinking, oh shit, I hope this doesn't collapse, right? <laughs> the front of it already collapsed. I hope the rest of it doesn't come down while we're here. Uh, the tunnel itself um, was about a half mile. We had to climb over the front of it, once you're in the tunnel, um, you're back down on regular ground, you know, where the railroad used to run, so it was all, um, you know, the old stones and clinker, you know, the the old gravel bed, uh, and, and, you know, once you're inside the tunnel, also, you see, you can see the brickwork, uh, the tunnel is completely clad in brick, the inside is complete brick, so the whole arch is just nothing but brick all the way through, um. Just amazing, and there were stalactites, little stalactites of lime coming down. It was it was like being in a cave. I mean, it was it was it's, it's seriously like that. Uh, and you know, half mile away through the darkness, you could see a little pinprick of light where the tunnel comes out into the light again. It comes back out the other side of the mountain. So naturally, of course, we walked through this 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 tunnel, and uh, we got ourselves nice and soaking wet. Uh, some of it, you know, water had had built up inside of there. Uh, you're talking like maybe two, three inches of water in some places, so even though we were wearing boots, we still got wet, but, uh, you know, whatever. (laughs) You know that's going to happen when you go out into into a situation like this. You know you're going to get wet. Uh, That's why you bring extra socks and stuff for the the end of the day when you know you're going to be soaked. Um, But we walked that half mile with our flashlights, and uh, it was just fascinating to see all these old bricks. You know, they were, like, multicolored. You had oranges and pinks and reds, um, and all just kind of, like, glossed over with this you know with with the wet uh, it was really kind of cool um, you know, so we uh we trudged that half mile and uh finally we came to the end and uh the end was 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 the coup de gras uh, you walk out of this tunnel mouth and not more than maybe fifty feet from where you're standing it comes out and you are facing this big long um 845 foot span across the Clarion River, uh, which is, you know, hundreds of feet down below you. You see this giant, massive trestle going out over th- the valley, right? Connecting with the other side of the valley. And, uh, talk about crazy. I mean, it's high up there. You're up there. Uh, this is not like a little bridge where you, if you fall into the river, it's only like maybe 20 feet down. We're talking like you fall off, you're dead. One of those situations. Um, breathtaking sight though. I mean, the whole you could see everything around you, the whole valley, you could see the river down below. Uh it was just it was it was it was a beautiful sight. Um you could tell at one point there had been two sets of tracks over the trestle like the track had split in two and gone across uh the bridge that way. Um they, they there's no more rails there. The ties are still there. The, the railroad ties are still on the bridge. You could walk across that. Um Again, those old creosote-soaked ties that you find that, that last forever. Uh, because of the, the creosote inside of the ties, the, the, the wood is—it's basically treated wood. It, it lasts a long time, and a lot of those ties were still perfectly intact. You know, some of them were starting to get bad, but— um, Now, walking onto that bridge, you know, this time, I wasn't used to being up high— um, especially when you're looking down through the ties and you can see the river below it's it, the vertigo kicked in. All right. You're way the hell up there. There are no railings. Um, you know, you know that if you, if you're in the middle and, and it was fairly wide, we're talking maybe like, you know, 12, 13 feet across, you know, wide, uh, the bridge. So if, you know, if you fell, um, you're not going to go down, uh, but it didn't matter. You were, you're walking on each tie individually so that you don't so there's no chance of falling. Um, we never got a chance to go all the way across the bridge. Unfortunately, some assholes, you know, had lit the middle of the bridge on fire at some point. They lit the ties on fire in the middle of the bridge at some point in the past. And there was a giant hole in the middle of the bridge where the ties would have been. Uh, you know, some teenage assholes had gone out there in the middle of the night drinking. Probably, yeah, it was burning the bridge. Right? And they set it on fire. And, you know... Basically, there's this, this is a big old hole. Now, there's a way you can kind of slip around the sides where there's part of the ties still are there that hadn't been burned. But there was no way in hell I was making that chance because it was just straight down, straight down through the superstructure and down into the river below. Dead. All right. So we, we, we only went up to the hole and looked down over the hole and then we turned around and went back. Uh, but that was enough. There was some beautiful views. Uh, the opposite side of the river would have been another tunnel. And uh, from all we had heard about that tunnel, it was flooded out. There was no way to walk through it. So it would have been a dead end anyway. We wouldn't have gone that much further. But uh, hell of a view, all right, other than the, the hundreds of feet down thing. Now, we made an attempt to climb down the steep sides of, of, of the valley to go down to the bottom. And that um, that was an insane thing to do. Uh, a, it was raining. B, we're talking steep stony, slippery, you know, we're, we're like sliding down the side of this thing, hoping that, that, that we'll be able to stop ourselves as we go, uh, and it was very slow going, but we managed to get about halfway down, we're like, the hell with, we're not going any further, we were able to get underneath the bridge, though, um, leading up to the river, and we were able to get up underneath it, all right, where the superstructure's at, and I'll tell you what, the geometric genius of the steel beams, Right, you have this massive structure with all these triangles and, and cross beams, and it was amazing. Like there were so many shots to be had under there. You could have stood under there for hours and shot in different directions and gotten all these cool visuals there. We made some awesome black and whites. Uh, a lot of rusting, you know, metal and just bolts and all kinds of cool stuff to to shoot. Um, really cool. Now doing some research on this bridge. It was actually built in 1908 by the King bridge company in Cleveland. All right. Cleveland for the wind. Cleveland built this bridge. Um, different, different repairs have been done up and up until, uh, about 1928. Uh, it was originally owned by the New York central railroad. Uh, it was built for the Lake shore and Michigan Southern railway branch line. All right. I, I not totally familiar with all of the railroads, but, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously know the New York central, um, it was uh, it was heavily engineered. We're talking, you know, it's going through the mountains here. It was constructed to allow access to the coal fields. There was lots of coal fields there to bring coal to Pittsburgh and other places like that, right? Erie and Youngstown and stuff like that. Uh, never quite lived up to their expectations. It didn't it didn't have quite the the the, the pow that they were hoping for. Uh, it was later run by Conrail and then abandoned in the eighties. Uh, the tracks were removed and they just left it at that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, want to say there were at one point plans to build some kind of, you know, maybe a a bike trail or something, but that, that never happened. Um, sometime after the 1980s, probably between, you know, now and and then, uh, that face of the tunnel crumbled and collapsed into the state that it is, is currently. Uh, I've been back, I've been back there once since this trip, uh, on a drier day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm amazed that it's still standing the way it is. I'm surprised more of it hasn't collapsed. That's how that's how rough it was. Um, now we climbed our way back up to the top. Uh, you know, nearly dying. Not once, not twice, but thrice. We like just just kept slipping back, uh, but we managed to get ourselves back up the the muddy slopes here. All right, with with jagged branches and roots, we were like, almost getting impaled by all the different branches and trees that were you know along the way. Um, We headed back to the tunnel, we got to the car, and of course we were completely coated in mud and soaked to the bone, freezing cold. You know, all a part of the adventure. If you guys have been out to do this, you know there's no way in hell you're going to stay dry. Um... We had one last place to explore in the air before we headed home. We're talking, we're getting into like three o'clock in the afternoon here. Um, you know, so time was ticking. That's the, that's the shitty thing about winter adventures. You guys know that. You only have until about four o'clock before the sun starts to disappear. So your time is limited. So you have to rush things through. But um, we, uh, we squelched our, our, our wet socks uh, back to the car. Uh, and we, you know, we took the half hour drive to our last stop. Uh, the last stop on this tour of, of, of this round of Western PA's random hidden gems, All right, we decided to find one last spot on our bucket list. All right, it was a natural formation that hopefully uh, we were hoping would provide some beautiful views. Uh, it was near Kennerdale, I think that's how you pronounce it, Kennerdale, PA, in Venango County. All right, It was a waterfall on a little stream called Shull Run. It wasn't even a river, it was like a stream. Uh, kind of this rampaging gurgling stream mini mini called a mini river running through the woods Uh, and and the waterfall is called freedom falls it's about 20 foot tall waterfall uh, in the area of what they called the rockland furnace Um, it took us a while to get there we had to drive down these rutted asphalt patched back roads past a bunch of shacks and shanties and you know we saw a lot of interesting structures along the way. I'm like, oh shit, people live there. I mean, it was, it's, you know, it's it's pretty remote, all right, where we were at. Um, very forlorn, rugged areas. But we finally find ourselves pulling up to an area, uh, and you could tell right away that there had been some serious, you know, mid-1800s mill industry going on. There are lots of cut stones laying around, millstones, you know, with moss covering them, um, lots of just random bits and pieces you could tell of, of industry that had been left behind you know for that era all right not modern stuff but like 1860s 1870s that that era of of industry going on when things were first kicking off for our industrial age right um Lots of cool stuff there, but it was a half mile hike down to the valley. You had to take this half mile, and we we weren't the only ones there. You you pull up to this place, and there were like cars, like a half mile of cars parked. Like it was even on a rainy day, this place this place draws people, and people come from all over to see Freedom Falls. Um, but you take this long half mile hike down to the valley, down into the valley. Uh, this like kind of kind of wishbones back and forth, you know, kind of this this you know down to the, down to the, to the, to the bottom of the, the valley, and, um, one of the coolest things down there, um, was the old Rockland Furnace, this historic iron furnace, it was built in 1832, it's this big stone chimney, it's 20 feet tall, all right? 25 feet tall, uh, like 11 feet wide, 10 feet tall, it had an arch that was like 10 feet wide, it was this huge structure, um, where at one point they had they had put the coke to to, to run this industry, um, inside was the furnace of this this industry, and you were able to get inside of this thing. So you know before we hit the waterfall, we made sure to get inside this big giant furnace. It looked like something out of Star Wars. Have you ever seen the original Star Wars? Right where the rebellion has their base on Yavin, right? It's like those crazy temples. It looked like one of those temples It was covered in moss. Um, it just looked like some kind of like alien, you uh, know, alien temple that had been left behind. It was really cool. Uh, you know, so of course we had to squeeze our way into it so we could shoot up through the chimney. Um, and again, I wish I would have had a real camera because it would have made it for a hell of a shot, but I'm going to go back there. I'm going back at some point. We're going to do that. Um, of course, after that, we, 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 you know, we went on down to the waterfall. Uh, the waterfall itself was just a thing of beauty. Um, and again, I... I was shooting with the shittiest camera possible, so I didn't even get a chance. Like it just looked like like just a, a torrent of water. I didn't get anything artistic out of it, um, but it was just it was nice to see. Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's nice to just see something and not, and not even you know, even if you get a shitty shot of it and you don't take a picture of it, it's just nice to be there and soak it up. Uh, Freedom Falls was definitely the, the sound of the water falling, and just after a long day of climbing and hiking and getting soaked and just being you know everything chafing at that point. Right. You're getting that that nice, you know, uh, chafing in in the seat of your pants. Oh, man, it was just nice to stand there for a minute and soak up the waterfall. Right. Um, But yeah, it was a hell of a place. I need to go back. Uh, At that point, we headed back up the hill, the long the long hike back up to the top. Um, You know, uh, on our way out of there, you know, as we started this long trip home, we had one last one last final little surprise as we're driving out down this 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 two lane barely it was like barely a two lane road right think like uh basically just asphalt there were no there were no lines painted on just this old road leading out um as we're driving along off to the side i notice in in the bushes this this, this Big thing like this metal structure. And I'm like, oh, pull over!" So we pull over and we get out and we find the remains of an old 1950s era Airstream camper that someone had just left on the side of the road. It was like off in the bushes; like they had just parked it there and left it there, and the woods grew up around it. So, you know, and the, with the last little bit of light we had, we're sitting there with our cameras taking shots of this thing. Uh, it was really cool to see. I, I we didn't go in; you couldn't really get inside. Uh, it was it was completely like it was. It was so tangled up in the bushes, we could not get, you know, with, with the light we had left, we weren't going we to make too much of an investigation, but we got a lot of shots of it. But we, we hopped back in the car, and uh, at, by that point, we were done. Uh, daylight was gone. Uh, we had a two-hour two drive back to Cleveland, so at that point, we called it a day, but it was a full day of exploring and roughing it, uh, you know, successful. We cranked up the heat. Uh, we found some hot food along the way. We t- t- kicked on the tunes, and we settled in for the long journey back home. Uh, it was a great, great day. I'll never forget that day as long as I live. Um, you know, some of those days where you pack stuff in so tight, um, there's just a blur, right? It was one of those days. Um, and I, those are the days I live for. I love those days where you're out and you're driving around, you're seeing new stuff, you're hitting new territory and you're just soaking it all up. All that history out there, you're just soaking it up. So I would love to go back out and do some more rail bridges, um, I live for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, a little bit of a different adventure on this one. Um, nothing insanely crazy happened on that trip other than wet socks. You know, uh, there's nothing worse than a bunch of dudes uh, in a car with wet socks with the heat turned up. Uh, it's not a, when you take your boots off, not a great smell. Uh, but, uh, again, part of the adventure. Anyway, um, so that's, that's the story. That's the tale. Um, hope you guys dug it right? Um, A little something different for you guys. Uh, But anyway, next week, um, I'm thinking about doing another uh, another, another Q&A. So if you have uh, questions or anything you'd like answered, please send them to my inbox on Facebook at Mr. P Explorers, or you can drop me a line on Instagram um, I would love to do another q and a uh, and take your questions. Uh, the last two we 've done have been really awesome had a great time doing those so whatever you 'd like to know at all, please send them to me and I would be happy to answer them on the air at some point next week so we 'll see how that goes but uh, anyway, hopefully you guys have a wonderful week to come here and a wonderful weekend to uh, to, to hit some stuff as it comes. Um, I am going to go and make myself some dinner and warm up and just chill out for the rest of the evening here. Uh, you guys have a wonderful week, and I will see you in the next one. Uh, as always, all right, as usual, uh, get out there, keep on exploring, keep on posting your stuff, document it all. This is Mr. P signing off. Have an awesome week.